our family didn't have family vacations. We didn't go to the beach in the summertime. You know, we, we, we wrestle. I get like a little bit of everything that I kind of wanted in my life. Like, you know, a little wrestling. Our wrestling is just kind of the fabric of the culture. You know, I think that was a very important part of who I am and who I am today. Uh, going back and, uh, coming back to the struggles. Wrestling is just like one big puzzle. There's like a counter attack to every attack that the opponent has, and it's just fun trying to like figure everything out. You're probably the first person I've talked to about it outside of uh, my family and my, my personal wrestlers. That voice in my head kind of that said, you can't do this, that was kind of what made me want to do it. It doesn't matter you know, how your body feels or how you feel, but you know, it's, it's about how you go out and compete and your attitude really when you're out on the map. So that, that national tournament that year was... was um, was the most enjoyable lesson experience that I've ever had in my life. I was, like, super, super, super intense. All I cared about was wrestling. For 17 years, it was, like, this is what I was training for, you know, and this is potentially my last tournament. It's like, this is it. It's like eight mile, like, you only get one shot. I felt like he took what was mine, you know, and um, I was trying to take what was his, so just kind of how things go. Welcome to episode 14 of the Sudden History Podcast. I'm your host, Earl Smith. Episode 14, wow. Seems like just yesterday I was babbling about the best non-NCA champions of the 2000s in episode 1, wondering the whole time if anyone would actually listen to it. Well, you guys have, and I appreciate that. Keep telling all your wrestling friends about it. I guess you can tell your non-wrestling friends about it, too. You know, why not? Um, if you'd like to leave feedback for the show, go to Twitter at Sudden History or at D1CW for my personal account. So getting to today's show, for the second week in a row, I've got a Jersey guy. Hey, <laughs> who planned that out? No, I kid. Here is my interview with Mario Mason. Today we welcome Mario Mason to Sudden History. Mario was an NCAA qualifier for Minnesota and Rutgers. Now he has the Team Mason Wrestling Academy in New Jersey. Let's welcome Mario Mason. How you doing? Good, good. I'm just going to start you off like I do with a lot of people. Uh, when and why did you begin wrestling? Uh, actually, my dad just wanted me to do it. He wanted me to do something involving involving uh like self-defense i'm sorry <laughs> but uh he put me into some karate when i was young and i asked him to box and he had boxed he didn't want me going to boxing i'm not exactly sure why at the time um and i just tried out wrestling you know i was pretty young i was like eight or nine and i tried that out because i didn't like karate and i know just from there on i started practicing and i liked it when i was a kid and so as a younger wrestler, what kind of training situations did you put yourself in? You know, who did you work with in order to become a guy that comes into high school and wins uh, cadet national titles and, uh, you know, places highly at national preps? Uh, you know, I, I didn't really get any recognition, I guess, or I didn't really win anything until I was in my seventh grade year, I'd say, for, for like the youth stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Oh no! I went to a guy named Jarvell Curry. I don't know if you know that name, but he was, mm -hmm. you know, three-time state champ, 
um, I think it was a three or four time All American. He wrestled for Iowa, and he was you know an unbelievable wrestler. But he wasn't a guy who I excelled with. He was really really good. He had really good technique, but it was very very unorthodox. And I actually struggled, you know, during my early career. I, I would have loved to work with him as I got older because um, I picked up things very quickly. It's just the base of wrestling he was teaching me, uh, I just wasn't really receptive to at a young age. Um, so it, it kind of took a little while for me to come to my own. A guy named Johnny Johnson, who runs a club out of New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, he really took a lot of took a little, lot of time and put a lot of time into me. And me and my dad pretty much traveled all over the place to find the best coaching we could. And another guy, uh, Dale Bonzel, he ran a club called Renegades, and he was someone who I felt developed, you know, a lot of really good athletes at the time. And uh, I really, really liked him. And then, obviously, seventh and eighth grade year, we started going up to Blair and and getting coached by Coach Buxton, and that kind of really started turning things in the – in a direction that that I was happy with, my dad was happy with, obviously, you know, winning some big events and coming into high school and starting to really excel. Yeah, and, and talk about their wrestling <laughs> environment at Blair Academy. You were a part of some amazing teams uh, during your high school career. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we were first in the country, first in the country, second and second. The four years I was there, uh, I was actually really upset that we lost my junior and senior year, you know, because that was when I was a captain and and kind of, you know, um, taking the younger guys under my wing. And I just wanted everyone to be on national championship teams. And I was super competitive. And whether it was me winning or our team winning, I wanted to always be on top. You know, I just didn't really accept much less than that. And that's what kind of drove me to have have success in the sport and, you know, obviously help, help my team have really, really good success in the sport as well. And so going through the whole recruiting process, why do you select Minnesota and who else were you strongly considering? Um, at the time, they were the number one team in the country. Uh, they had uh, Dustin Slater, who had just come off of a national championship as a true freshman. So that would have been mm-hmm. my, work, my workout partner. Um, and then we had a guy named Jake Deichler, who made the Olympic team at 18. He yep. would have been a freshman coming in with me, so he would have been, you know, the guy that I would have trained with every single day, you know, cut weight with and, and worked and, and got a lot better with. But just some unfortunate things happened um, with the program, and I, I wasn't doing everything I needed to do to help myself as well. Um, but at the time, they were number one. Oklahoma State, who I was considering, was high in the ranks, probably like top five. Uh, Cornell was starting to make a turn and, and become really successful with Coach Cole there. Uh, so I visited there. I visited Minnesota. I visited Illinois. And Illinois I actually really liked as far as a school. But I think if they had Perry there, that might have been more of an influence now that he's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I liked the coaching staff. I, I liked the environment there. Just I don't think it was the right the right fit. And Minnesota, we had the number one recruiting class. just seemed at the time – to be the best place, but probably going back um, style matchup-wise and the way I, I move and athleticism-wise, I probably would have went to Oklahoma State, you know, with, with a little bit more knowledge that I have now. And um, Coach Buxton kind of left it up to me. 
He said, I like mm-hmm. what they're doing at Minnesota. He said, obviously, Oklahoma State is a fit that you, you really want to consider because it's just, again, like I said, style-wise, um, probably more of a Oklahoma State kind of style. Um, but ultimately it came down to me and I, and I chose, and I chose them. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause I was, that was thinking that it seemed like a kind of an odd fit with Minnesota cause they tend to have the big physical, you know, brawler types where you are more, you know, slick <laughs> yeah. offensive minded type guy, you know, if you have to label people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's one of those things if I going back and thinking about it now, um, it probably would have been Oklahoma State with no consideration, mm-hmm. but it was it was I was a kid and trying to make the best decision I could at the time, and it just seemed at the time that that was a good place. And I did really like the coaching staff, and um, the people there are different than East Coast people to me, at least. Uh, they really, 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 really took took a, a liking to me as well. You know, they definitely weren't happy when I left. They definitely weren't happy with some of the things that were happening while I was there. Um, you know, but they just wanted the best for me. They wanted the best for their guys. The support system out there is really awesome. And uh, I still, still to this day, you know, I'm, I'm very friendly and have a lot of friends that I still talk to in Minnesota. Um, my girlfriend actually is from Minnesota that I met out there. She moved out east. So... Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked it there. I, I don't know. Just overall, I, I liked the whole the whole vicinity. Other than the cold weather, the cold weather was no fun. <laughs> I, I can imagine. <laughs> um, early in your collegiate career, it could actually be any time. Um, my website, D One College Wrestling dot net, had you ranked as the number three overall recruit from the class of two thousand eight, and that was a, a class that had a lot of talented guys. Um, were high rankings like those coming into college ever something that you thought of and felt like you needed to justify? Um, well, funny you ask about that. I was the number one overall going into mm-hmm. my senior year. Uh, I was the number one overall pick of all weight classes. Um, but I wrestled a guy named J.P. O'Connor. I don't know if you remember him from Harvard. Sure. Yep. Um, I wrestled him at at the ESU Open as, you know, incoming senior in high school. And it was like a 1-1 match going to the third period. And uh, he sat me back, you know, like a crab ride type situation. He sat mm-hmm. me back, and I rolled right over my ankle and pretty much broke my ankle. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't wrestle. I couldn't walk. And I still wrestled at, like, the Ironman. And I, got, I, I couldn't finish. I finished the tournament. I think I came back for fourth or something, but I couldn't walk unless it was taped up. I couldn't really do anything, and I told Coach Bucks I wanted to wrestle so we could try and win the national title. We wound up losing to uh, St. Paris Graham. You know, if I could have eked out a couple more wins, even being hurt, we probably could have took the, the tournament, um, but I just I got hurt really bad, and uh, I was out for a couple weeks. I didn't wrestle at all, and then I rolled into a tournament. <clears throat> I think it's called the Wilson Tournament. And that was just like a warm-up for the Beast and Iron Man and all that stuff. Um, but I took a couple losses, which didn't allow me to wrestle on the Dream Team and on the, the other some of the other events that happened during the year. So I was really, really pissed about all that, how that went down. Because um, 100%, you know, I, 
I walked through the Ironman, and that's, I mean, that's my opinion, but I walked through the Ironman as a senior. I, I didn't even get to wrestle in the Beast. I walk, I definitely would have walked through the Beast, and I would have been, you know, rolling through my senior year, which, you know, I was really upset about it, looking back on it. It's one of those things that, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to perform my senior year. I didn't wrestle half my senior year, and then I had to come back, and I, I won, like, I won uh, seniors, and then I won Fargo again, and uh, I just, you know, I wanted to prove that I was the best guy because I got just, you know, kind of screwed up my senior year. Mm-hmm. So you uh, you redshirted and wrestled uh, as a freshman for the Gophers at 49 in the 2009-2010 season. You finished fifth in a real tough Big Ten. Four of the eventual top five guys in the nation were there with Palmer, Metcalf, Rochelle, and Molinero, and uh, you got a 12 seed at Nationals. Just talk about that year and the national tournament. You ended up going out 0 and 2. Yeah, yeah, I I just didn't perform. Um, I was going through a rough time as far as uh, being out there. I I just wasn't I wasn't performing the way I needed to, and uh, just things weren't shaping up the way obviously. I had planned, and you know, I came off my redshirt year. I took a couple losses. I bumped, I was up at 57 for some tournaments and back down to 49, and, and I was wrestling okay. So like my, my but then I had one universities and I had one junior filas, um, you know, and I thought I was going to be coming into my redshirt year, kind of, you know, competing with the best guys in the country, and I had a decent record, but. I just figured I'd be doing a little bit better than that. And, you know, it happens. You don't perform the way you want. And uh, I just was pretty much on the verge of, of stopping wrestling at the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was I was I told the coaches I was leaving. I told them I didn't want to wrestle anymore. Um, they weren't happy about it. And just one of those things that I, I just wasn't as into it as I had been in the past and wasn't you know, training as as much as I should have been, and and that's just not how it's gonna how you're gonna win at the higher level, obviously. And you know, with that in mind, you're uh, leaving Minnesota. What brought you to Rutgers? So, I trained with Corey Cooperman a bunch, mm-hmm. and he was a Blair alum, and I trained with him when he used to come back to Blair. I used to go to Lehigh and train with him, and. uh he was going to Rutgers to be a coach. So he was he might have already been there for a year and he was telling me if I was coming back, you know, come and train with me, come and you know, let's just come do some things together here. Um also I wasn't released. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and this is why a little bit with Minnesota and, and the coaches we're we're cool and everything now and the past is the past and we're you know, that's that's all done with. Um but you know, they the head coach Jay Robinson, he wouldn't release me to any big schools or he was trying to not allow me to be released at all. Uh he was actually trying to make me lose a year of eligibility and I kinda just pled my case that, you know, I was far from home, I, I was uncomfortable and you know, the only way I could get released and not lose a year was to go back home to a local school and you know, Rutgers or Lehigh and Rutgers just happened to have been the choice at the time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, looking at Rutgers like this season, the past few years, they had two All-Americans, a bunch of dual meet success. You know, do you feel some sort of pride knowing that 
guys like you and Scott Winston and some of your teammates were kind of at the ground floor of Rutgers wrestling and it helped pave the way for some of the things we're seeing today? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The class we had should have been the class that they have right now. You know, like we had guys who were more than capable. We had guys who, you know, like guys like Ashnaw and I, I would compare me and Scott Winston to, um, you know, Ashnaw's caliber for sure, you know, coming out of high mm-hmm. school. Uh, I'd say even, even more so at the time, and we were even more highly touted than Ashnault to be college athletes. Um, we also had a guy named Danny White, who a couple times Fargo champ, a couple times prep national champ. Uh, he was also a university champ. He was also a guy who was an unbelievable wrestler. I mean, another kid, Trevor Melody, who was a couple times Jersey State champ, and he was, you know, a really, really tough tough wrestler so we had all these guys who everyone kind of fell short and uh you know i wouldn't even blame that on the staff at the time i blame that on purely the wrestlers um we did uh, we did train a little bit i think too much at times and coach cadell was trying to get in the rhythm and, and figure out the college system and he was doing the best he could to try and you know get us ready for for events that's for sure um mm-hmm. but i think it i think it really fell back on us as athletes. So, you know, we weren't doing everything we needed to do right. We weren't, um, just personally, I'd say, you know, everybody was kind of on their own, on their own keel and not, we weren't a real team, you know, that was forcing ourselves to go out and, and do what we need to do every single day, day in and day out, in and outside the room. And that's obviously something that for me, I learned my lesson the hard way. You know, I really didn't have, one one fifth of the success that I believe that I should have had on the college level or international level, and uh, you know it's it's hard it's hard to look back on it that way. But it it's good that I can teach other guys, younger guys, people that I coach, and tell them my story a little bit, and you know tell them you want to be good now or do you want to be the best later? You know, kind of really really uh, tell them about what happened with my life and you know reflection of what I did and how I turned out or how I could have turned out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that first season at Rutgers, you had put together your best year, earning a seven seed at Nationals. You were in the quarters losing to Molinaro. And then uh, in the round of 12, just talk about how you got that close to the podium and getting knocked out. Yeah. Uh, again, I just, you know, I had some good wins during that year. I actually beat Molinaro during the year, and mm-hmm. I actually had him beat the first time I wrestled him during the year. Got a couple of bad calls, um, you know, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, and, and just coming down the stretch of that season, I, I just, I, I kind of, I was doing well in the beginning of the season. I was like 19-0. and 0. Um, I had lost in the finals in Midlands to a guy who had graduated, and I was wrestling really well, like right up into that point, and then I kind of, um, just turned it off. Had a little bit of injuries. Um, my back was, was was a little bit injured, but nothing that what could have kept me from competing. Um, but it was just you know nagging injuries, which everybody has at the time, uh, coming down the stretch. And I just really didn't didn't perform again. You know, I underperformed. I didn't go out offensively. I gave up some takedowns I shouldn't have. Uh, coming out of position, and it was tough. It was definitely a tough situation, especially. 
since we were in Philly. I think that was one in Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2011. Yeah. <sighs> um, and I was in my hometown, pretty much. I mean, I live right outside of Philly. My parents grew up in Philly, you know, and I just wanted to perform at home, and I didn't. I didn't at all. You know, I, I just and I had lost to a guy that I beat in the round in the the blood round. You know, I'd beaten that guy before, and I lost to him. And I knew everything he had, and I still just gave up bad takedowns, bad attacks, and. And I, I just didn't didn't wrestle. You know, my, it showed out there. Um, I was a little bit out of shape, and you can't be out of shape when it comes down to big big matches, especially with nerves that can kick in. And so you mentioned the uh, back injury, and you had uh, some injuries at the end of the 2012 season, and uh, did they carry into 2013? So I think. The last time, if my memory serves me correctly, saw you as a major decision loss to Vincent at the Northeast Stools. Uh, yeah, I wrestled actually a couple more matches after that. Uh, I hurt my neck really bad in that Vincent match. Um, mm-hmm. He took a shot, and something else happened. And I blew through on a double on him. I was actually up 2 nothing going to the second, or 2-1 maybe. And uh, again, some weird situation on a rollback half, and I cracked my neck. Knocked me out cold. I woke up in a tightweight tilt on my back, and I just and the the ref and the trainer came over, and I just finished the match, and then I was out for another month. I wrestled a couple more matches in California, and then uh, I cracked my I cracked my collarbone, um, hurt my knee. Before that, I was sick for another month, and I just you know, I was I was done. I was out of the game. Um, and the year before. I was I was wrestling pretty well and I hurt my ankle really bad high ankle sprain at the EIWAs uh, mm-hmm. and I couldn't again I couldn't walk on it I tried I wrestled off my knee at the nationals I got a bid into the tournament and just you know I couldn't I couldn't even wrestle I had default out of the tournament so I had, so, had yeah. some injuries plagued with some injuries but on the same th- on the same side you know there were things that I wasn't doing in my personal life that I needed to really really shaping up and you know you have have to learn from those things and so you currently have the team mason wrestling academy you've assisted (laughs) with bergen catholic and they've become one of the top five teams in the country you know when did you realize that you wanted to get into coaching um i've i've actually i've been coaching since i was 14 uh i used to again that guy johnny johnson Mm -hmm. i was training with him and there were days where he couldn't make it and I would run his whole workout, everything. You know, I knew it top to bottom. I knew all of this stuff. And again, my memory, as far as rest from wrestling side of things, you know, I can watch somebody do something or have someone show it to me and you know, I can mimic it, you know, almost, almost perfectly, almost exactly how um, I've been shown it. And that's something I think that, uh, I can really help other guys with and showing them technique and uh, I don't know. So I was, I was young and I started coaching and I always liked it. And also something that coach Buxton always used to say to me was that if you can coach and show someone technique, you can absolutely do it yourself. And it's going to sharpen up your tools because you can't forget any of the little things that you need to explain to somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. So it was something that I did throughout my wrestling career as I got a little bit older. 
and I always coached. I, I coached through college. Um, I used to run my own mini training camps and bring guys out. And I just make a couple bucks actually for the month. Um, and it kind of just turned into where I had a couple of guys and a couple of guys told a couple of other guys. And, you know, all of a sudden I had you know, 20 kids showing up for some practices. And one of my other young boys that he just won his, his state title his senior year, his name is Zach Firestone. He just won uh, this past year at 132 in Jersey. And he was like my first guy that I had really put a lot of time into five or six years worth of training. And, uh, you know, he, he would be my first guy. I would, I would say that, that I did a lot of work with and, and finally got a state championship out of him. Um, but you now he, his dad one day came back with just a bunch of teammates and gear. And I didn't even, I didn't have a name at the time. I just was like, you know, I had, I had guys coming in. And he just called up Team Mason, made a couple of sweatshirts. I took him to a, a national tournament, and we had a couple of guys with us, and it just kind of, that's how it turned out. And so you say Team Mason. I've also seen a nickname on your website and a couple other places, the Shot Doc. Uh, what, <laughs> yeah. what, what does it mean to be the Shot Doc? Uh, well, it, I don't know how that kind of came about, but... One of my youth wrestlers at the time, he now goes to Blair. His name is Nick Incontrera, a really talented little guy. And uh, when I was coaching him, one day he just posted a picture on Instagram and tagged me in it. And it was a picture of, like, a Rutgers background, uh, me in my singlet, you know, in, in a stance. And it just said, you know, Mario Mason, 149 pounds. And then it said up the top, the shot doctor. And I, I just kind of ran with it. And uh, another funny little story was we used to play a game, Super Smash Brothers for, for Nintendo. Sure. And uh -huh. they had a character called Dr. Mario. So I always mm -hmm. used to use that character. So it kind of all just kind of blended together into something fun. And uh, we just kind of rolled with it. Okay, so I have a lot of Penn State wrestling fans that listen to my show. And a guy they're anxiously awaiting is someone – I believe you've worked closely with, and that's Nick Suriano. Uh, what can you tell us about Nick, and why is he going to be successful at the D1 level for the Nittany Lions? Nick is probably um, probably the hardest working kid I've ever ever trained, and there's just not much else you can say about it. There, he trains differently than anybody I've ever seen. He's regimented in his own way, on his own. I mean, his dad has a lot to do with it, but he is very, very, very much so self-motivated, and uh, he just he just wants to win. He wants to win, and he'll do whatever he has to do to win. And it took a little while for him to get comfortable with me being in the room. And he, I guess he doesn't he doesn't get too comfortable with people very quickly. That from what I understand. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I showed him a couple of things, and I had always seen him with some other guys training and I would, you know, I would talk to him a little bit here and there. And, uh, it took till this year till he really started getting comfortable with me. And I started working with him one-on-one, -on -one, which I still do, uh, twice, twice a week right now. And we just roll around and flow wrestle and, and we adjust technique and we, we discuss different technique that guys are doing foreigners, Russians. Um, so he, he's got a, he's a very, very intellectual wrestler, very high wrestling IQ. Um, and he's really fun to work with. I got to be honest with you. A lot of guys say it's a struggle and it's tough. It's been tough to get through to him, but I think that it, 
I don't know, we've meshed, and uh, and he makes adjustments every day when we wrestle. And I, I got to go in with a different game plan to wrestle a high school kid, and that's just something that you don't see every day from you know high school guys. You don't even see it from a college level at times. You know, but he'll mm-hmm. make adjustments that you know are pretty unbelievable. You show him one time, and he never makes that mistake again. Um, so they're definitely definitely going to have some success in college. And I think he could really step into the ranks right away and uh, probably, you know, win a title. I mean, I, I think it's definitely a, a possibility that he could jump right in and have huge success. And I, mm-hmm. I, be- I believe that as long as he, he stays the course and, you know, it's not a big change, a huge change for him, you know. Having Kale, uh, there's just no way, no doubt in my mind that uh, they're not going to have him ready. And not, and not even just Kale, Kale, Casey, and, and Cody. Uh, I mean, they're just making they're just making guys that are obviously good, but they're turning them into exceptional wrestlers. You know, way above, way above, uh, just you know, okay and good. I mean, they're making great athletes. Okay, so as a guy who has a lot of accomplishments as a wrestler and a coach, both in folk style and freestyle, do you have a preference between the two? Uh, I actually love freestyle. If I if I didn't have to coach any any folk style, I would strictly uh, just train guys in freestyle. Um, I I really love to watch freestyle wrestling. I watch it, you know, almost every day. I'm watching Russians and Iranians and and obviously our best our best American wrestlers. Uh, I've trained in the past two years. I was training with Jordan Oliver a good bit because I started actually competing a little bit again. Um, mm-hmm. I, I stopped for two years out of college. Like I said, I just I kind of lost my passion for it, at least the competing side and the cutting weight, and I was injured, and that just kind of drove me to, and I don't want to do it anymore. It's just I can't do it anymore. And uh, Coach Buxton kind of approached me, when I was coming up to Lehigh a little bit, I was just coming to roll around just to see coach, see the, see some of the guys that um, I know that were some Jersey boys that were training. And I was just coming up to work out. And I told Coach Bucks and I thought I might want to get back into it. And he approached me and just said, how about you take a year, see how you're feeling, you know, heal up your body, do what you need to do to heal. And then we'll talk. And I uh, just kind of started wrestling again. So, you know, freestyle is, is the route that obviously my only route left for, for training and wrestling, if that's the way I want to go, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I, mean, I, I wouldn't want to come back and just have to just wrestle folk style, to be honest with you. But it, mm-hmm. it's just fun. It's fun. It's faster paced for me. It's, it's more tactical. It's not so much of a grind like college. It's more of a chess match to me and just very tactical game. And that, that's something that I really enjoy. It's funny you mentioned that because just the other day I was looking at the brackets from last year's Bill Farrell Open, and I noticed that you wrestled and you had a first-round match with Aaron Pico. So as somebody who has a history competing with and then being coached by Frank Molinero, what were you th- your thoughts on their matchup at the trials and then maybe Frank's chances for qualifying and competing uh, at the Olympics? Um, I think Frank's going to qualify the weight for sure now that he, he made the team. Uh, me and Frank really butted heads for a while, and he was a coach, so we had to be cordial. Uh, as competitors, we always butted heads. I think that my style always posed a threat to his style, 
And uh, obviously, as being super competitive on both ends, you know, you don't want to lose. So it's just one of those things. But I've gained a lot of respect for Frank. He's, he's doing he's doing big things. He's doing great. I actually wrestled him this year, too, at the Open first round. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then he's... He's he's gained my respect in many different ways. You know, he's he's adapted as an athlete. He's adapted as a wrestler. He's made uh, adjustments to beat some of the highest level guys in our country. You know, it's 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 pretty fun to watch. Um, and honestly, that tournament plays out ten more times. It's not it's not gonna be the same outcome every time. You know, just with sure. the, the guys and the weight. Uh, it's it's really amazing that he he came through that tournament and, and came out on top. Um, you know, him against Pico, I, I, I would have thought it'd be a three match battle, you know, going both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. I'm not sure how he'll do. He'll fare on the, the, uh, international scene at the Olympics, I, just for the USA and, you know, for Frank's sake, I hope, I hope he does well. And, you know, take home a medal because we've been really hurting in in this weight class and not not being able to bring anything home in a while. So it'd be something for for another Jersey guy to come back and and bring home some hardware from the Olympics. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so they call this the off season in terms of being out of season for high school and college. However, I imagine it's not for you. What's the agenda looking like for you and the team Mason wrestlers over the next few months? Well, the team Mason guys, uh, we're going to be going to Fargo. We're going to hopefully some dual dual tournaments or some uh, like the cadet duels and uh, junior duels. And I actually have a young guy who may be on the schoolboy team. He's really really talented out of Jersey. He's a young guy uh, named Cooper Puntalandafa. He's he's going to be probably the next next big thing out of Jersey. I mean, obviously I'm hoping that way, but he's he's really good. Really, really good. Um, so, but I've also recently I haven't been doing as much as the teammates and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really been even calling it that anymore. I've, I have, I, mean, I still have it going, and I have one day a week going, and I might actually start a second day, but with one of my guys I trained, and he's going to kind of take over an extra day. Um, but I'm kind of on a new venture, and. Uh, I've joined up with Coach Buxton and his his school, the Buxton School of Wrestling. Okay. And uh, they've hired me full time to be his assistant there. So that's something oh, that cool. that's something that I'm going to be sticking with. Um, so I, my teammates and stuff will kind of be on the back burner, and you know I'm I'm, I'm going to be learning from Coach Buxton. I'm going to be coaching his athletes, and obviously I, I would like to call them my athletes now too. And uh, we're really trying to build this program into something special. So it's it's no longer just going to be, you know, my South Jersey program. Um, and this is going to be the program to, to join up with, you know, the Buxton School of Wrestling. And it's going to be, bar none, you know, the best the best facility, the best, um, best, best coach in New Jersey and one of the best in the country at all levels of wrestling. You know, so there's no one better to, for me as a coach to be learning from for me as an athlete to be learning from. And, uh, and I, I really uh, value being able to coach with him and, and grow grow in the sport and help others grow in the sport. You know, it's, it's pretty awesome. Okay, well, that's all I have for you. Is there anything else that you want people to know about Mario Mason or anything that you're involved with? 
Um, not, not too much else. Just I just want to throw that in there that I'm I'm kind of changing it over and going to be coaching with with the Bucks in school and and in the future you might see a, an Olympic training center out of that too. So that that might be something pretty awesome. So it's just something to uh, keep your eyes on for sure. Oh yeah, we definitely will. Um, a big thank you to Mario Mason for joining us on Sudden History. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Mario for joining us on Sudden History and also for being so candid about his career. Make a note for next week's show. It's going to be a big one. It'll be my recruiting special. Everybody loves talking recruiting. Well, there's going to be lots of it, so brace yourself. I don't want to give away any specifics, but it should be fun. Until then, go to the Matt Talk Podcast Network. JB continues to churn out quality podcasts almost by the day. And Greg Jones, take us away. How the hell do I get off this stage?